footsteps, commanding footsteps, down a hall. A laugh, a ridiculous, contagious laugh. A rap against this playful, aggressive series of chords that reminds of Greece or some other fun musical with groovy melodies. Trade-off vocals from girl to girl. And finally, an uppity, encouraging chorus, so catchy, but so simple, so celebratory, memorable. It created a movement. It revived pop. And it inspired me more than any other song at that time. It was number one all over the world. It rocketed straight to number one in the UK for seven weeks. Millions of copies sold. It topped the Billboard Hot 100 for four weeks. I mean, number one in 37 countries and sold more than 7 million copies in less than two years. Platinum status all over the place. In a 2014 study, it was chosen as the most easily recognizable pop song of the last 60 years. And it was Spotify's most streamed 1990s song of 2020 by a female artist. In 2015, Billboard included the video for this song in their list of the top 10 most iconic girl group music videos of all time. But at its release, critics weren't overly enthusiastic about this. These are just some of the comments, descriptions, etc., from various reviews. Limp, awful, not strong enough for a debut single. The quote-unquote all-girl group idea is not going to happen. Disposable. Has UG written all over it. It's not good. It's not clever. But it's fun. It's fun. Despite critics' overwhelmingly lackluster response to this, many admitted how horrifyingly catchy this thing was. This is Wannabe. Oh, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. It's 25 years old. This song that started so much across the world for the girls, for the ladies, this celebration of being strong and confident and supporting each other. It all started in 1996 with this amazing first single, Wannabe. Amazing. Incredible. I think, I think it's still true that this was the first debut single from a girl group or a band in the UK that went straight to number one. Is that still true? So many stats. So many stats this song set the bar. It was amazing and it rocked my world. It was released in the summer of 96, and it swept the world. And when it made it to the U.S. in early 97, that's the first time I remember hearing it. I think it was February 97. I was an instant mega fan. Here's the story. At that time, it was alternative music. It was 
rock bands, grunge. There was a lot of stuff with the boy bands going on. There wasn't a lot of pop. And then this bust out. And at the time, the song Love Fool by the Cardigans was also dominating the charts. I remember that well. Love Fool was everywhere. I was singing it all over the place. My friends and I loved it. And I kid you not, I swear, the first time I heard Wannabe might have been right after Love Fool was played on the radio. And the first time I heard it, not only did it wow me and stun me and hook me, but I didn't realize it was as many different girls as it was. I didn't know. that I didn't even, I didn't even know it was the Spice Girls because it was just played on the radio. And maybe I missed the, the announcement of the artist's name or something, but I had no idea what the Spice Girls were. I didn't know there were five of them. I didn't understand the vibe because you have to understand this was before the internet. The internet was in its infancy. You couldn't just go look something up and find out everything about someone like you can now. Everything was very... I think much more strategically managed on the marketing front because the only time you heard or saw anything was when it was specifically released to do promotion. So over in the States, this song started to play, but there was little known about who the Spice Girls actually were. Now, I was listening to the radio nonstop trying to record this song on my mixtape And I remember being super frustrated because the radio announcers would never let the awesome ending of this song fade out with those echoed vocals that would fade out. That was like my favorite part and nobody let it, let it fade out. But I also wanted to find out who this was. And finally, someone said Spice and they left off the girls, but they said Spice. And and I, I marched out to media play which I don't think exists anymore, but it was this amazing music, movies, bookstore where you could sit and lounge and listen or read as long as you wanted, basically. And I lived there most of the time or so it felt. So I walked over there and I went straight to the S's in the pop and rock section. And there was Spice Girls. Guys, I picked this thing up like it was gold. And the first thing that struck me The bold lettering, the faces of the ladies, all blasted, bright, confident, happy, shiny, with some attitude, right there on the cover. And there was a little gold ring in the corner that said spice on it. This thing was all wrapped up with a bow on it, and you could feel it. I hadn't even heard it yet. I wasn't even sure it was the right thing yet. And I just had this feeling about it. And I remember turning over the CD and looking at the track list and going, there's nothing called Be My Lover, right? Because for me, the lyrics that stood out were Be My Lover, which was very confusing because there was another song with that name by a completely different band. So for a while, I wasn't sure I was even looking for the right thing. And I didn't think Wannabe was it. I thought maybe it was, but I literally bought this CD, the Spice Girls debut, Spice, and went home with it, and I had no idea what I was going to get. I was completely enamored with the look of who these girls were. The messaging, girl power is coming at you. Can you handle a Spice Girl? All of those things. I was completely taken with everything about this. 
And I was super nervous to play it because I was thinking, did I even buy the right thing? I still wasn't sure. And as soon as I heard Mel B come in with that rap, I was like, yes, (laughs) it was an epic moment in my musical life. And everything became about the Spice Girls. Everything. I was at the time, I was right in the middle of my teenage years and I was kind of awkward and weird. And I didn't, I didn't have a lot of confidence in some respects. So this helped a lot with bringing me out of my shell and feeling like I had something I could express myself with. I started to wear brighter colors more. I started to bounce off the walls more. I was flashing girl power, peace signs everywhere. I had huge platform sneakers, super bright track suit that was like neon green. One of my best friends remembers it fondly. (laughs) And I had a spice keychain. Oh my goodness, you guys. I, I had Spice Girls everything. I got calendars, posters, and, and it was amazing. I loved it. I loved them. Jerry was my favorite, followed by Emma, I think, but I always wanted to be Jerry. But this started my obsession with something that was bigger than everything else because the Spice Girls were never just about the songs. It was about their attitude. I think any of them would tell you they were never the best singers in the world. They were never the best dancers in the world. They were never even the prettiest people in the world. But that's what made them so awesome. And like another great band I love, Queen, the Spice Girls, yes, I'm I'm comparing them. (laughs) I know that sounds weird, but here's what I'm getting at. The Spice Girls had something magical when they were together. The whole was greater than the sum of the parts. They were this amazing explosion when they were together because they gave each other confidence. They gave each other power. They encouraged each other and they brought out the best parts of each other. And that is why the Spice Girls rocked it. And that is why they began a movement that sparked everything from... Britney Spears to Christina Aguilera to the Backstreet Boys to NSYNC, all of that. It all started to rise up at the same time because all of a sudden pop was kind of cool again. And I think the Spice Girls really kickstarted that trend. And this went on and on and on. There were so many girl groups who came after the Spice Girls emulating everything they were doing. But nobody could match the original, of course. (laughs) It was amazing. It was an incredible time to experience that as a teenager, right at that moment when I needed something the most to get me through high school. This was a life-changing thing for me. And I kid you not, half the people who signed my yearbook in 97 told me, good luck on becoming the next Spice Girl. I'm actually quite proud of that, that 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 is my enduring legacy in high school, that I was like this Spice Girl wannabe. I'm proud of that because I embraced it wholeheartedly. It was fun. It was inspiring. It was positive. It was such a big thing for me that I tried to form my own girl group called Sass Bucket. And I, I, I had these nicknames for all of us, just like the Spice Girls, you know, sporty, baby, posh, et cetera. I was obsessed with this concept of girl unity and empowering each other and singing together and enjoying everything. I was obsessed with it. And I think a lot of people were. 
And the great thing about the Spice Girls is it wasn't just about the girls. The guys loved them too. And I know that because I had a really close friend who was all about Baby Spice. She was his obsession. He loved her. And I had a chance at his invitation to go see the Spice Girls. And I didn't go. And I don't remember to this day why I didn't go. It was after Jerry left, super sadness, but I should have gone. It would have been amazing. It would have been a once in a lifetime thing. But anyway, that is my little digress about the Spice Girls and absolutely how amazing they are in general. But I want to get back to Wannabe because yes, it's been 25 years since the girls released this single. I think it was actually just the other day, but I'm a little bit, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, it's the 25th anniversary. This is monumental. I have to say something because this song, this group defined so much in my life for me and so many others as well and continues to do so. A little bit about the video It was shot at Midland Grand Hotel in St. Is it Pancras, London? I should have looked that up. I apologize. But the video, which so many of us know and love now, was intended to be a one-shot take. And the girls refrained, refused to stage it too much or carefully rehearse it. They instead relied on their raw energy to create the same vibe they always created when they'd run into recording executive offices and overwhelm everybody and be like, you have to sign us, you have to work with us because we're awesome, etc. But in the video, the lighting was dark, it was cold, the girls fell over each other and bumped into things, and Jerry's showgirl outfit, which she wore backwards, if you didn't know, was considered threatening. There was even concern about the older people included in the video, but the girls refused suggestions to reshoot the thing. And of course, the rest is history. I hadn't seen the video myself for a number of years after the song was out. I don't think I saw the video because we didn't have MTV. I don't think I saw it until I watched it on YouTube. So this video that sparked such interest and was requested to be played so many times, it topped those charts on those video channels for weeks and weeks and weeks, I suddenly understood what all the hype was about. So for me, it was interesting to experience this song and a number of remixes of it, which I love, for so many years without having any inkling about what the video actually looked like. But this video, it's amazing. It's fun. It's, it is. It's very natural, unrehearsed, kind of silly. And the girls are owning it. You can see how sure of themselves they were. And I think a lot of people envy that. We want that, especially the ladies. We, we want to feel like we're empowered and we can stand up for something and say something. It really is true. And that extends to, of course, the guys as well. We all want to feel like we can make our statement. And the girls dominated in this video and it was perfect. You know, they barge into this eclectic party and they take it over and they dance all over things and around all the people. And it's just fun. And I think it perfectly captures their vibe individually and as a collective unit. It's the perfect introduction to the girls. And the fact that certain executives were really, really concerned about some of the imagery in this video strikes me as very interesting because if you compare it to things now, it's incredibly tame in so many respects. 
But this thing was massive and it made such an incredible statement. The girls wrote the song in a super crazy fury of a flash, like 30 minutes with Richard Stannard and Matt Rowe, throwing around fun phrases and a lot of laughter, undoubtedly. Interestingly, Victoria unfortunately missed that session. So as such, a lead line wasn't included for her, but she contributes harmony vocals in the chorus. And I want to make that very clear that that's the reason why she doesn't have a lead line. And she's talked about many times how much she regrets that she couldn't be there. She was tied up with other priorities. She was on the phone with them, but she wasn't actually there to help them write this song. So she she wishes she could have been. And you can still feel her presence there, especially when they perform it live. If you watch her, in fact, I was just watching a very early live performance in a record executive studio that the girls did years and years and years ago, probably before the song was actually released. Victoria nails the dance moves more than anyone else, actually. And she is one of the members who's actually a trained dancer, had a lot of experience with it. But I think just her awareness of her body and her affinity, obviously, for fashion, modeling, that sort of thing, really informs how she performs. And you can see that very clearly. She's totally into it, and they all are. But my eyes kind of go straight to Victoria in that video. It's, it's very cool to see those early snippets. And it's lovely that they keep popping up because that is something I didn't even know was out there until just the other day. Now, the song went through some interesting changes. The original demo was considered completely lackluster by a record executive. So Dave Way did a remix or two or three, <laughs> a lot of them. And all of them incorporated more of an R&B flavor, hip hop, jungle beats, etc. And the girls were adamant that those results were quote unquote bloody awful. And I gotta say, I've heard the Dave Way remix. It's kind of fun, but it doesn't have any punch in it to my ears. If you listen to the album version, the single that was released, and you listen to the Dave Way remix, it's just, it, it, it falls completely flat. And I think this is one of those instances where when a, an artist stands up and says, no, we're, we can't use that. We need something else. Sometimes they, they know better than anyone else does because they know what they're trying to communicate. So the Spice Girls were like, these versions just didn't work, so we exercised our Spice veto. <laughs> so audio engineer Mark Spike Stent mixed it in six hours, tightened it up, made the vocals pop really well, and here we have this amazing thing. Amazing thing with these jumbled up pieces that don't really seem like they should work together, but they do. You have that crazy keyboard riff that, again, it kind of sounds like a, a grease bass line. It's very catchy in that way. The chords in the chorus are very inviting, welcoming, familiar. That energy is all brightness and sunshine and happy and enthusiasm. This is one of those songs that came together so fast that the authenticity is real. It doesn't seem forced. It doesn't seem staged. It doesn't seem manufactured or overly produced. You know, it, it, the girls were all in this, invested in it, invested in themselves and each other. And here is what we get. Now, some history. The girls were, yes, put together by a management company 
after they were looking for girls to create this group. But the bond the Spice Girls had, it came to have, was completely genuine. They loved each other. They were best friends. So even though they were put together, they made this thing what it was. Because originally, the intention for the group was not anything like the Spice Girls were. They were going to be more R&B focused, kind of sexier. You know, that wasn't the vibe the executives initially wanted. But the Spice Girls were like, nope, we are all in on pop and we are all in on girl power. Love it. Back to Wannabe, it's set in B major in common time at a very comfortable 110 beats per minute. Perfectly singable. My goodness. And as a dance pop song with hip hop and rap flavors in it, it was like nothing else out there at the time. I want to talk about that again. You guys, pop was not a thing back then. In the mid to late 90s, there was that little moment where pop kind of was like a bad word. And the girls came out and smashed all of those assumptions, all of that stigma, the pop is boring and done for. And they revived it and set a new tone for everything going forward. The remixes of Wannabe are absolutely killer. And I think my favorite is the Junior Vasquez mix. It's totally awesome with enhanced chords. It's got some brass riffs in it. It's a faster tempo. I remember looking for that thing for years. And finally, I found it on, I think, the Two Become One single as like a B-side. Absolute treasure. Go check out Wannabe Remixes. You will not be disappointed. I mean, the influence of the song and the girls is immeasurable. Zebrahead, the punk band Snuff, Foo Fighters, Fifth Harmony, tons of covers in films, TV shows, and more. These girls with this song have, they've been everywhere. They've, I think through this song, met everyone. They got to meet Nelson Mandela, Prince Charles. I mean, this song set everything off. And then, of course, the girls came out with Say You'll Be There and proved everyone wrong with the whole one-hit wonder thing. And were like, hey, this is an even better song. And when it comes to structure of song, Say You'll Be There is definitely the better composition when you place it against Wannabe. But Wannabe has that enduring quality where it's just quirky and fun and crazy enough that everybody remembers it. I mean, hello, it's one of the most recognizable pop songs ever. Clearly, it has that magical quality that makes a hit song a hit song. And the girls knew that Wannabe was gonna be a total hit or miss, which is very similar to Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody, by the way. Because Wannabe is similar to, at the time, Bohemian Rhapsody was, for a lot of reasons, gonna fail by assumption because it was way too long, basically. And Wannabe was this totally other thing that didn't, it was, it was like nothing else out there. And so there was this, is it too weird and too outside the box for people to enjoy this thing? Is it too generic? Is it not complex enough? And similar to Queen, who put their foot down about Bohemian Rhapsody and said, no, that is our single off of A Night at the Opera, and you're not shortening it or changing it in any way. The Spice Girls did the same thing with Wannabe. They made it happen. They said, no, 
You're not changing it. You're not doing anything with it. This is it. This is us. And wannabe comes out here and just owns everything. Incredible. This is, it was my mantra, my philosophy, my confidence booster, my jam. This was it when I was a teenager. And I still listen to this song, Wannabe, and love it. I love it to death. This song is this little pleasure of mine that gets plenty of plays in my catalog, even to this day. I think my mom thought I was insane when I listened to it over and over and over. But it was about the movement. It was about the vibe. And these girls started so much with Wannabe. And got to give them massive props for never giving up on their dream and never giving up on this song. Executives did not want this to be the lead single for the girls. And they said, no, this is it. That's our first single. And they were actually in Japan when it went number one in the UK. And they were filmed in Japan. And that performance was broadcasted on Top of the Pops. So they've gone on to do amazing things throughout the world with this song. And I just had to talk about that because it was life-changing for me. I think it reached just about everybody in the world in some form or another. And that is something to be very proud of. And for me, it's something to be very thankful for. So thank you, Spice Girls, ladies, Mel B, Mel C, Victoria, Emma, Jerry. Ah, love all you guys forever. And hope we'll get to see more of you guys pop up forever. I will never get tired of girl power. In the meantime, keep yourselves alive, guys. Or maybe I should say, you got to get with my friends. <laughs> what a great song. Seriously. All right, guys. I will be back next time, probably with another Queen Deep Dive. Zig zig ah.